Hey, I'm Paul Dabdu. I'm privileged to do the June newsletter for Permission Ministries, and we're talking about core values, one of those being a living encounter with God. We have to understand that a living encounter with God is it's our first priority. It's actually the reason why we were created is to actually live into an intimate relationship with God. And Jesus, if there was a model for us to follow, then I believe that Jesus is ultimately the model that we should follow. And in John 5, one of the things that Jesus said is he said, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father do for whatever he does. The son also does in like manner for the father loves the son and shows him all the things that he himself does. And he will show him even greater works than these that you may marvel. And so in scripture, in the New Testament, uh, God the Father, uh, God is called the Father over 200 times. Jesus is called the Son over 200 times. And that's really important for us to get because what he's, what he's really showing us is what the proper relationship with God really is, is, is father to son or father to daughter that we're, we're his children. And Jesus did a really great job of actually modeling this because I know a lot of a lot of people marvel at Jesus' teachings and also at the things that he did. But we have to understand that Jesus' ministry didn't really start until he was, you know, over 30 years old. So what was he doing for 30 years? Well, I believe that for 30 years that he was understanding that he is is doing nothing except for what the Father shows him. So apparently the father wasn't showing him to do any kind of healing up to them. And he wasn't having him out there, uh, you know, finding disciples or anything else. What was he doing? I believe that he was just intimate with the father because what does he say here? The father loves the son. How does he know that he spent time with him? And now, and now if you think of it ratio, you know, from a ratio in his life, what did he have three, three and a half years of a ministry, but he had 30 years where he was intimate with the father. That should tell us something, that the priority is being with him on a 10 to 1 ratio, that if I can spend more time with God, that I actually am intimate with him. What's true out of that is that the overflow in Jesus' life is, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Now we know that he was obviously really good at it because they said that the books couldn't be filled. There were so many miracles. There were so many things that Jesus did. It, there's not enough books to uh, because he would it, it would overfill. There's just not enough to be able to be uh, to be said about everything that he did. So what we're saying is is that and he never stopped because if you read Luke or you read any of these books, you see that Jesus is always finding time to get alone with the Father. It was really important for him to be in alignment, not just for his ministry, but just to be with him. And that the overflow of it was is that he never missed it. Like you never see Jesus getting it wrong. If he, when he talked to the woman at the well, he was spot on. You notice that every person that Jesus reached out to heal was healed. And you can also see that the after effect of every time that Jesus was with the father, that uh, a lot of times there was something really significant. You would see him in those moments and then he'd walk. There were sometimes that he would go, pl go places and literally scripture says that power would go out from him. It wasn't just for Jesus because in John 15, he gives us that whole parable of the true vine. And he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The entire, the entire chapter is about the fact that when we're intimate with him, when we're in, in lockstep with him, when our heart really comes into connection with God the Father, we not only see what Jesus sees, 
but we believe what Jesus believes about ourselves and about every situation, which means there's no hopeless situations. It means that there, there's no impossibilities. It means that we see ourselves as overcoming, overcomers, and we can actually partner with what God was getting ready to do. When the disciples were out and about, and they're doing the works that Jesus was doing because they would see the disciples and they're preaching. And then what did they say? They said, these people are unlearned men. We know what they were doing. They had a fishing business before. Now they're out there preaching the gospel with boldness and thousands are coming to faith and they're healing the sick and they're raising the dead. And, uh, and what did they say? They said that we recognize that these men were, have been with Jesus. Remember the night before Jesus uh, calls to the disciples to to him he, when he, he actually says to them let me see if i can actually find the uh, the scripture really quick and i'll wrap this up it says that jesus went up on a mountain and called to him uh, called to him those he himself wanted and they and they came to him and he appointed 12 what's a priority that they might be with him and that he might send them to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons so there's the priority there is that first of all, they're going to be with Jesus. And if they get the intimacy thing right, then what did Jesus say? Is that he actually said is that when you get in alignment with what God the Father's heart is, it's really normal for your prayers to be answered because you'll pray like Jesus would pray. I, a lot of times, I guess in more recent years, maybe in the last maybe 25, 30 years, was the first time I saw a WWJD bracelet. And it was like, what would Jesus do? And it was more like acting like Jesus in character. And I think actions are great for short-term change, but if you want long-term change, you actually have to change the default of how you see, of what you believe. It means that if we can actually believe like Jesus, we can start seeing the things that he's doing. And you know, faith's not really a problem. Faith's not really a problem when you realize that you're really intimately connected with God, that that's the source of everything. And I think that personally, we can be a lot more effective in our lives, just in our own lives, and also in our ministry to touch the world when we know, first of all, at our core, that we're loved. That insecurity, that fear, all of that stuff's done away with in an intimate relationship with God. And that the overflow of that is that we get to go and do preach the gospel and watch the same things that happen for Jesus happen for us. And so I believe that that's what that call is for us today, is to live from a living encounter with God because that's what you were made for. Uh, scripture says that before the foundation of the earth, that in love, out of a relationship in the Trinity, that they wanted sons and daughters. In love, because we were loved first, he wanted sons and daughters. And that he also wanted holy and blameless sons and daughters that also were created before the foundation of the earth with a purpose to do extraordinary works here on the planet. And that's who we get to do. Now, I'll give you a really quick tip for those of you who are like, well, great, Paul, that was great, great foundation. But how do you practically how do you practically do that? Well, I'll give you one little practical tip for me. Once uh, one thing that Jesus said is that anyone who is thirsty, that anyone, that if we come to him, anyone who is thirsty, that what God's done is that when you gave your life to Jesus, that Holy Spirit is always, uh, always with us. He's intimately connected to us. He's one with us in spirit. And so that when we spend time with him, that anyone, anyone who's thirsty, he says anyone. So first of all, we're all anyone's here. 
So that means that any of us, if we've given our life to Jesus, that we can hear his voice. So if we're thirsty, that's the first part is that, hey, if you're thirsty, you really want to hear his voice, you really want to encounter him, then that's, that's the first qualification is that we're, we're hungry for his presence and we're thirsty. And this, and because what the promise was is that living, rivers of living water would flow out. So what he's saying is, is that it's already here. We keep thinking that God's going to speak out here. He's not. People keep waiting for words or, uh, or a booming voice or whatever. That's a relationship that's not an intimacy. It's really going to be words and pictures and impressions that God speaks a lot of times in, our, in, in spontaneous thoughts and, and those kinds of things. So what I want to do is, is I first want to just say, hey, I'm an anyone and I'm, there's nothing special about me but except the fact that I'm your kid and I'm an anyone and I want to hear your voice and I want to encounter you. And some of the things that help me is that I want to have my focus on Jesus, not on my problems, not on anything that I need. I just want to, and sometimes I'll just picture Jesus and say, uh, and just say, Jesus, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to say? What do you think about what I'm feeling right now? I'm feeling hopeless. Jesus, do you feel hopeless? Whatever it is, I can bring any of those things to him. And then I wait and I wait in faith. And sometimes just with my focus towards Jesus, the easy thing for me is just as best I can is that I just try to picture the face of Jesus. Like he's just right there with me. And, I, and, if, my, and if I'm fixed on him and my heart's moved towards him as a priority, then I can expect that I'm going to begin to hear things. Sometimes he's going to illuminate scripture. Sometimes he's going to bring up a scripture. Sometimes he will send me to one. Sometimes he'll put people's uh, uh, people's names on my, uh, on my heart during that time. And it shouldn't be a surprise that I hear from them. Even if I haven't m- months, Jesus is thinking about them. And then all of a sudden he, he brings it, he brings it to fr- uh, fruition in that day. And so this is the way that we start to cultivate those kinds of encounters. I, I, I love it when people talk about crazy, supernatural, supernatural kinds of stuff. I don't think that at least for me, that it always looks like that. I think a lot of times God's speaking and it's so normal that we actually think it's just simply our voice or our own thoughts. One thing that's for certain, if you read the scripture about uh, the famous love scripture in 1 Corinthians, then you can learn to cultivate what the character of God's voice is based on his love. What is love doesn't keep a record. All of the things that it says about love, if I can look at the character of Jesus, then I can also test what I'm getting and know that scripture actually backs it up because obviously he's not going to say something that doesn't already align with what his character is. And so hopefully that was, uh, that was a little bit helpful for, uh, for you. And I, again, I was so honored to be able to speak to you today on this topic that I'm so passionate about. Hey, run after Jesus. He's made you first and foremost to be his kid, to encounter him, to live intimately with him. And then the overflow of it is that we actually have a purpose because that's part of our inheritance as his kids. Have a great one.